Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. One of the two most important lessons that Jesus taught was for us to forgive, always and automatically and no matter what. When his disciple Peter asked him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven times. That's Matthew 18, 21 to 23. The word seven in biblical times meant like really a whole, whole, whole lot. So in other words, we must forgive every single time and no matter what. Forgiving goes hand in hand with loving. I think you cannot have one without the other. And Jesus's method of automatic, prevenient forgiveness works very well. But Our guest today teaches another approach to forgiveness that might work even better for your particular situation. Our guest today is Brenda Rice, who's dedicated to helping people overcome obstacles that hold them back from living life to its fullest by guiding them through a special five-step forgiveness process. She says that self-forgiveness helped her to transition out of victimhood and into the life that she was meant to live. Brenda has experienced these obstacles firsthand in the form of toxic relationships, eating disorders, and anxiety, which can consume everyday life when they're allowed to control your life. Brenda has the wisdom now to help others navigate through their most difficult times in life in a healthy and fulfilling manner, and her method is unique. She helps people to love themselves And no other coach uses her method. So I think it's important that we listen to her and try to understand and try to learn from her what might be something that is going to be ideal for you in your particular situation. She has written, actually, I I love people. When people write tiny books, I love those books, especially when they get right to the point and you can read them over lunch. And her book is called Forgive Yourself. As I say, it's short, it's easy to understand, and it's something that you can read in the course of your day, and it doesn't actually take up your day, which is a very big plus for someone who has a lot to do. My dear friends, the people who wrong us don't really care whether we forgive them, and that's something important to know. Forgiving is something that's the gift that you give to yourself. Forgiving ourselves is actually the biggest gift of all, so we have a lot to talk about today. Brenda, welcome. I'm so happy to have you with us on Seek Reality. Thank you, Roberta. I'm really happy to be here. All right. Where do we start? Forgiving is huge. (laughs) Forgiving is huge. It is a huge topic, and it brings up all sorts of feelings and emotions for people, right? Yeah. I mean, I I know people who just can't get let go of things. Granted, they're big things. I mean, do you... Wait, what do you say when someone has something really huge? I mean, a relative was that someone they loved was murdered or huge, huge um, thefts were in their lives or, or someone stole a, a job that, that, uh, that, they, that was their, their dream job or huge things happened to them. What, what, what do you, I mean, what happened in your life? What, 
how do you how do you help people in huge situations like that when they have big things to forgive? Well, you know, our life stories and our life journeys lead us to what we are doing today, right? How we help people, how we guide people. And my life was, as you mentioned, like in the intro, I've gone through a lot of trauma and being able to get to the other side of it. So I call it shifting my perception around that story, around the trauma, to turn it into a way that I can move forward through it instead of stay stuck in it like I was. So what got me into the forgiveness work was I was going through a horrendous divorce and it wasn't my first or second. It was my third. It wasn't your first or your second born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned a lot. In yes. That. I think that's necessary at that point. We, yeah. We... Oh, my dear. That, I know. And it was at that time because in that one, I'll say real quickly, was because of my codependency that I had, um, that I was living at that time. And I didn't really know it. But because of that, um, I, you know, going through this divorce, I was contacted by the FBI. And I was told that I was looking at seven to 10 years of prison. Because I divorce. Yeah, I didn't even know that after, was possible. Well, after my divorce, they had to wait till I was divorced, because I had signed some papers while married. Um, oh. that ended up being illegal. And I did it out of fear. I did it out because I felt in fear in that relationship. It was a very emotional and verbal Ooh. abusive relationship. And wow. what I did was I signed these papers. Well, unbeknownst to me, and thank goodness it was unbeknownst to me that it was illegal. And so I, they wanted him, but they were, they were using me to try to say, look, your name's on this. His isn't. And so, Ooh. yes. So we, you, you want to talk about a deep forgiveness. Cause that was a two, it was about a two and a half year process where I was, I was deposed just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to call it interrogated just like on TV <laughs> and uh, with oh, the FBI. And yeah. it was pretty traumatic. Um, and I also learned through it though. This is, this is the interesting part was I was learning. So it's like, I knew that I didn't do, well, let me say it this way. I learned that instead of staying stuck in that behavior, right? Instead of going, oh, poor me, which I did at first, because I think that's important. I think we have to feel our feelings. That's like the second step of the forgiveness process is feeling the feelings around it is really important not to stay stuck in them, but feel them. So I allowed that. And then I went, okay. How do I not do that again? Yeah. What, what do I need to change within myself? Because I was blaming those guys, right? I was picking all these wrong men. They had a problem, right? Not me. Yes. Not me. And and that's that's not true. Yes, what he did was wrong. Yet I had, you know, it's like in a relationship, it takes two. And I had when I learned to take responsibility for my choices and actions and decisions within that, then I brought my power back to me. Wow. All right. So they, they let, let's, let's grasp this now. Mm -hmm. You, you were married to someone who had you sign some documents, mm -hmm. which, which were, which 
were, and, and, and they basically, you were admitting in the documents to having done something so illegal it could put you in prison for. No, prison. I didn't, not in the papers. So I had signed some papers that I didn't know was illegal at the time. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I had signed those papers and then, and then they were being, him and his partner were being investigated. And I didn't know that, but they can't, they couldn't talk to me until I was divorced. Because there is a law that protects, you know, spousal and yes, yes. kind of right. thing. Yes. So, yeah. So I didn't know it. After the divorce, I thought everything was, you know, I'm just going to get my life together. And I was trying to figure this out where, you know, what happened. I was hurt. I was wounded. I was very much in my kind of feeling victimish, like life was happening to me. And I was not in the forgiveness part yet. Oh, and you look like such a sweet person. All these things. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I was kind of saying to myself, what? <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> oh, my. So that's oh. what helped me, though. What, what I, I think the important part here is, and then I want to talk about what forgiveness is and isn't, is that the important piece for me was allowing myself to feel the feeling so that I could look and see what happened. And so then I could learn because what I was trying to do was I was trying to forgive him the way that I knew how let bygones be bygones, you know, walk in their shoes and doing all of that. Yet I still felt hurt and I still felt I was right. I was taking it personally and which of course we would. And, but the interesting thing was, was I kept getting triggered, meaning every time I saw a Metro bus, now I live in the Seattle area. So, you know, there's about, you know, a whole bunch, several hundred Metro buses. Yeah. But every time I saw a Metro bus, I would break down and, you know, I was being triggered because he was a Metro bus driver. And every time I saw a person that had a bald head because he was bald, I would start crying. I'd break down. So there are these triggers, right, that, that people have, whether it's music or songs or whatever. And that tells me, oh, honey, we're not there yet. We haven't no. forgiven just yet. And those are really good cues to tell us where we're at in the process. Because, Roberta, we the important part for people to know is let's not jump into forgiveness. There's a right time to forgive. It is super important. Yet when I'm in that middle of that emotional breakdown and I I haven't even figured out my part yet, if I jump into forgiveness, if I forgive him, you know, working on it, saying, okay, I forgive you, I forgive you. But down deep in my heart, I really haven't yet because I haven't forgiven myself. Then it's not going to work. Okay. So the what is the process then? What, where, where do you begin? Well, so first I want to talk a little bit. Let's do this first as far as, you know, what forgiveness is and isn't. Because <clears throat> I loved how you said that the forgiveness is for us. And it's so true. It is for us. And however, though, to get there, we kind of have to look outside of ourselves. And that's the process that I'll explain in just a minute. Um, but you know, we've all heard of those benefits and I really want, what I've really done in my work is separated the cost and the benefits. So, because as human beings, we don't do anything without a cost or a benefit, right? That motivates us. So 
a benefit of forgiveness, right, is that we can have healthy relationships because we are more connected to ourselves, to God, to the universe, to our hearts, right? And it's also proven, Mayo Clinic, Stanford Clinic, Harvard, they've all done tests and studies to show that forgiving causes less anxiety and stress. And yes. there's actually decreased levels of anger and hostility. Right. Right. And that they're, they're now showing that there's improvement in these psychiatric disorders and that forgiveness improves your endurance. So they're finding out all of these different ways. And it also improves your manifesting, which I thought was fascinating. Yes. Yeah, it is. And so that, you know, forgiveness has these benefits. And and I think the really important part too to mention here is what forgiveness is not. And then we'll go into the process because forgiveness is not excusing poor behavior. It's not forgetting what happened either, because, you know, we all have this, you know, video camera in our head, right? We're not going to forget what happened, but we can sure take the pain out of it. And that's what I have found in this process that works for me. Forgiveness is not a feeling. If it were, we would rarely forgive others because we wouldn't feel like it, right? That, right? that forgiveness is a choice. And mm -hmm. forgiveness is not a weakness. It takes strength and courage to acknowledge our pain and our hurt, declare it, and forgive it. Yes, that takes right? tremendous strength. Yes. Yes. And, you know, again, it's not condoning or excusing wrong behavior. And it doesn't minimize and it doesn't justify what somebody else has done because we can forgive the person, right, without yeah. excusing the act. Yes. And, and the last thing I want to say is that forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. Forgiveness is a huge part of reconciliation. But what's most important to understand is that is that we do not have to reconcile if it's not safe to do so. But if we do want to reconcile, then forgiveness is a huge piece that does need to take place to be able to make that reconciliation more deeper and richer. Wow. Yeah. So what we can talk about now, um, because forgiveness is so important in relationships, right? We're human beings. And so we, we all are, we're meant to be together, right? And so when we have the ability to, to have these tools of forgiveness, these tools of process of what I think is really important is because I, I have a belief you know, in God, I also believe in the universe, right? So I have a, a, I have a little expansive belief that I feel and I do pray. And I think that's really important and having a connection to something bigger than ourselves in these cases where we are wounded and hurt is huge. And especially, you know, when they call it little T trauma or big T trauma, when there's big, like you talked about in the beginning, whereas people are trying to forgive something that is super big that's bigger than them, having a faith is so valuable. And it's it's pretty necessary. Yes. I, I feel. Yes. Yeah. And so when we look at something big um, or anything, really, because <clears throat> the other thing I want to say is somebody, I you know, there's no judgment as far as what someone classifies as a trauma. Because some people that come to me to, to my group classes and they say, Brenda, 
you know, I didn't have all those things happen to me like you did. But why, why do I have a hard time forgiving my parents? You know, why I had a good upbringing. I had things given to me. I, but the thing was that they didn't, they weren't there. They bought me things, but there was no emotional attachment, right? There was no emotional, healthy, emotional attachment. Well, that's a trauma to a child. That's a trauma. And a lot of us grow up with that abandonment or feeling of rejection. And so it's really important that people understand, please don't judge how you feel about things. Please don't make a judgment on whether, you know, somebody else is um, trauma is bigger than yours or the forgiveness is bigger because we all have our own stories and they all are true and real to us. And the more that we can honor that, the better that we can work through it. And so the process is my five-step process that I, that I take people through. It's called radical forgiveness. And it is a different way of going through forgiveness. What I get to do is we start with telling the story. So the person, like in, in a lot of cases, they get to tell the story of what happened to them. And this is a valuable piece. They even have a university, um, I can't remember what state it is, about telling the story. And they do that with military people because they found the value of being heard and validated of, from your story helps you to heal. So when you are with a trusted coach, right, or therapist or friend and, and really feel held in, in a place where you can tell your story without judgment, that starts the process of forgiveness. And then no. what that's the, that's the, I take that so, um, so deeply when I get to hold someone's story with them. And then the other part, like I mentioned earlier, is feeling the feelings. So most of us aren't taught, right? To feel our feelings. In fact, most of us were told, quit crying. Don't be a crybaby. Go to your room until you can act appropriately, right? I don't know, Robert, if that that's ever right. happened to you. No, no, because I was in a female family, basically, um, you know, so I had sisters, but I, I understand the concept. Yes. Yeah. And so a lot of the people that come to work with me in my group classes just say, you know, that they were not allowed, they were shut down. And, you know, the stories that I hear are just, it's horrific. So when you learn in this process to allow the feelings in a safe environment, and we talk about ways because there's anger there that a lot of people are afraid of. Because when we were younger, we weren't allowed to be angry. We weren't allowed to be sad. Some, some people. And I love um, watching today. I get to watch my, my grown children raise their children differently, right? They get to raise them, allowing the emotions and the feelings and being heard and seen. And that is going to change the world right there. So what we want to do is there's different exercises and different things that I do to help people feel the feelings. And then the, the difference in this radical forgiveness perspective is that step three that we go through is where we separate the fact from the interpretation. So this is the a shift right here. So what I learned to do, and it took me a while to get it. And of course, I was holding on to my story like we do, right? I didn't want to give up my story. Um, it was the fact that we can look at what actually happened. What happened to me? 
And I'll use a more general example of, so my father left when I was five and, you know, the fact of the situation was that my mom and dad got divorced. I don't know why, but he had never paid attention to me. And I just tried really hard to get his love is what my mother said. I don't have a lot of memory about that. But when he left, he moved into another family that had a daughter just like me, my age looked like me. And when we went to visit them, he would pay attention to her and not me. So, yeah. and you know, and I, I remember going numb. That's a trauma. Now I know that now, then I just remember going numb and I would just try harder to get the attention, but it also caused resentment for me towards yeah. her. Like what's wrong with me and why does he love her? And so in step number three, the reason I tell you this story is when I was going through this in the beginning, it was separate the fact from the interpretation. The fact is that mom and dad got divorced. The fact is that my father did not pay attention to me. Okay. The interpretation is I'm unlovable. Every man that I love is going to choose another woman over me, that I have to work hard to get love and that I'm not enough. That's the stories that showed up in every single relationship. Oh, no wonder. Right. Right. Married three times. Right. And, and it happened in every single one. There was an affair, even in dating in my teen years, in my marriages, always somebody was choosing. Right. So it was amazing to figure out that pattern by separating the fact from the interpretation. Right. Because I know. And so that's when we, we can start giving ourselves compassion, right. For what we've gone through. And this is not a place to beat ourselves up. Oh, my dear. (laughs) I know. And so it's, and so many of us grow up with stories like that, even, you know, in, and more, um, in abusive households and more stories like that, where we feel abandoned and rejected. We don't feel enough. We feel like we, you know, a lot of people feel like, gosh, why, why I don't even matter. Well, how did you feel when you discovered this? Was it like uh-huh, a happy feeling or was it, I mean, <laughs> how did you feel when you figured this out? So when I, no, I was not happy when I figured it out. So uh, in all honesty, when I, it was interesting because when I was working with the creator of um, of Radical Forgiveness, we were doing our training. And in one of it, it's the exercise, which I absolutely love for getting the anger and moving the energy out of your body, helping your emotions move when they're stuck. So those people who feel like they can't speak or they they have anger, but they don't know what to do with it, or they're silenced and they just feel congested in their body, like they can't move forward moving the energy is really important. And one of the exercises that we did was take a tennis racket to a cushion and you would beat the tennis racket onto the cushion and by talking to the person out loud that you were telling the story about. So in my case, I was telling the story about my dad. Like, how could he not love me? What was wrong with him? What was wrong with me? What did I do wrong? This is all I'm saying is I'm beating the cushion. How could he leave me? How could he not love me? Okay. I'm, you know, in my, I'm, I'm like in my fifties at that time that I'm learning. Oh my goodness. I know. And so it was carried a lot and I did a lot of work. I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of work on it, but this was changing for me because in it, he said to me, Brenda, what if your father 
was not able to love you? What if he was incapable because he didn't love himself? Oh. And I was mad. <laughs> I looked at him and I'm going, no way. He had children. <laughs> he should love me. He should have known to be a father. Do you hear the shoulds? Oh. Should, 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 should. Right, and right. He should have known. Bah, 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 bah. And he kept just saying, Brenda, but what if he only was a father because that's what you were supposed to do? Maybe he was so beaten up himself, he couldn't show you love. Um, and I had to sit with that, Roberta, for a while. But then it was like, wait a second, where in my life have I been like, I'm a mother, right? And I was a young mother. Sometimes I didn't feel like being a mother, right? I just wanted to go on strike and like, no, I don't want to be a mother right now. It's overwhelming. It's too much. I don't let you give them back. Have you noticed that? Exactly. And if we're, if we're truly honest with ourselves, every parent goes through this. So yeah. I started to go, wait a minute. Where have I, maybe not to that extreme, right? Because I, I right. didn't do that to my children, but no. So it started to open my heart to the possibility that, oh, Maybe he wasn't. So that's the part that brought in the empathy, not sympathy. I didn't feel sorry for him because that kind of puts me as a one-upping when we, right. when we you know, sympathize. But when we empathize, it's like, oh, wait, I think I can start to open my heart to this. That was yeah. the beginning of the forgiveness work for me because then and only until then could I move on to the fourth stage, which is where we are learning to collapse our story. So in the radical forgiveness work, we collapse the story by looking at it at a bigger picture, looking yes. at it from a more spiritual perspective. And with that thought in mind that, wow, maybe life isn't happening to me, but for me, because as I have gone through all of these situations with all of the abuses and the different things that I've experienced, maybe that happened for a reason. And maybe just maybe if I'm willing to be willing to look at it differently, then I can shift my idea of instead of staying in the problem, in the past, in the wound, Maybe if I learn to love myself, learn to more, you know, surround myself with loving people, doing this inner work, maybe then I can look at it and I can go, okay, what can I do with this now? What have I learned from these wounds? How can I help other people? No matter what that looks like, if it's just smiling at the grocery store or whether it's doing the coaching like I do. So we can turn our pain into purpose when we're ready. And then the fifth stage is where we integrate all of this into our new story. So then I hold the space for people to go, okay, now, how does that look? What do you want to, how do you want to feel moving forward? How do you want to feel when you know you are free from the shackles of the pain of the wound, when you are free from giving your energy away to the people that you have perpetrated you or other people? How do you want to feel? What is your new story moving forward? And so you have been able to forgive your father for what 
for the fact that he was unable to be a father to you. Yeah. Yes. That was powerful. It was powerful because this pattern was showing up, right? This pattern was showing up in this, and especially in that last uh, marriage and divorce, right? It was showing up because my husband at that time, he was doing the same thing. It was this pattern, like right in front of my face, Roberta. It was like, how could I not see it? Well, I wasn't ready to see it until I was ready to see it. Right. And when I, and when I was, you know, I went through that two and a half years of, of being interrogated and watched by the FBI and all that until my ex agreed, until my ex agreed, signed the papers and went to prison and which freed me, right? We signed off and it freed me from all of that. But you know what? I'm able to forgive my ex. We're friends today. And in fact, that is powerful. It's powerful. He came to hear me speak about our story. And he was, and he was in tears and he said, I didn't know you went through all that, that you went through, that you shared. And I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Wow. It was powerful. And it took three years, three to four years yet, you know, hearing those words. And I just, I knew I needed to move forward even without hearing that apology. And that's something else that we may never have. Like I never got an apology from my father. He ended up dying and um, in an Alzheimer's facility all by himself. Uh, and then an aunt that I never knew I had, because I didn't know anything about him, his family or anything. It was so lovely that this aunt reached out. She took her a year and a half to find us. And she reached out and told us about it. But she said to me this, she said, Brenda, I told your dad, my brother, years and years that what he was doing was wrong by ignoring you and your brother and sister. And she said, she said to me, I'm so sorry that he could never love you the way you deserve to be loved. Right. Right. And that was healing. So it was like a cherry on top, right? Oh, wow. How beautiful. Well, so, so what, so tell me about the kinds of people who come to you then who have these wounds. Are you able to help them in the same way? Yes. So people that, oh yeah. So, you know, it's so interesting because the work that we do, we draw a lot of people to us that have the same kinds of stories. So when people, I have not worked with someone um, in the fact, like you mentioned in the beginning where they have the big, big traumas of having a loved one murdered, or I've worked with women who have been raped after they have gone through the therapy um, and then they're now ready to forgive. And so I've worked with them. I've worked with a lot of people going through divorce because that seems to be a lot of what happens here, a lot of betrayal. So the, so the people who come to me feel betrayed and they're not necessarily sure that they feel betrayed, but we find this pattern of betrayal. Cause that's kind of like my little magic um, is to be able to connect the dots of the patterns and beliefs by hearing people's stories and then being able to guide them on a personal journey of where they can go to help them through this And so the pattern of betrayal is huge with the people that I work with. Also those people that have a lot of shame and guilt because of things that they've said or done. And the 
you know, the, I am getting, I am a grief educator. So I handle and talk with and work with people in grief because grief and forgiveness go hand in hand, right? Oh, yes. We are grieving so many things, not even just the deaths of loved ones, but also everyday things, the loss, like you mentioned, the loss of a job or someone betrays them and, you know, gets their job. They're trying really hard to get that promotion and they keep getting, you know, stepped aside and, so working with those people is the, with the betrayal pattern or with the, um, the guilt and the shame to be able to, and a lot of, I will say too, a lot of people that are disconnected from their families because of hurts that they don't even realize, or they yes. don't even remember what happened. Yes. Yeah. And I do ask that the people that I work with, um, that they have done some inner work themselves. And that they, they don't have to necessarily have a belief in God per se, but it is really helpful to have, like we talked about earlier, a, a belief in something greater than ourselves and being able to have that along with some of the inner work done. And then we can build on that because what I say is it, you know, it takes a village, right? Forgiveness is a process. It's not a one and done deal. It's something that we practice. And it's something we practice every day. And don't you find that a lot of people um, don't realize that that forgiving themselves is at the, at the center of a lot of their problems, that they're shying away for their that they're dodging away from looking in the mirror? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Oh, that reminds me. So yeah, because when I work with people, there's been some people that come saying, Brenda, I'm, you know, I can forgive others. I just can't forgive myself. And I said, well, let's talk about that because if we can't forgive ourselves, you know, this thing that we're not forgiving ourselves for is going to continue to show up in our world as a mirror, as a reflection. So when it comes to relationships, relationships are for growth and healing. And in that growth and healing, there is a reflection back to us about what we call in the forgiveness work, something that I've denied, repressed, and rejected about myself. So when I'm wounded as a young child, we suppress and repress emotions, right? Or feelings, because we need to go on. It's survival. Yes. And we are very, we are very, um, you know, egocentric when we're kids, because that's how we're built. So we think we've done something wrong, like I did at five years old. I thought I caused my dad to leave. Oh, and always. It's our, it's our fault. Always our fault. Yeah. And so we don't realize, Roberta, how much we hold inside of us. And then we like that pattern, right? Of every single person I dated or married had an affair. You know, they chose yes. another woman over me. And so it was like, wow, this pattern is potent. And so when we are re ready and willing, even willing to be willing, to look at what's showing up in our, like in our relationship. So whatever's irritating me about somebody else's behavior, like if I'm like, oh my God, that irritates me that they're not talking nice to me. Okay, I have to look and go, wait a second, where am I not talking nice to myself? Yes. Or where am I not talking nice to other people? Oh, yes. Right? That yes. mirror is like, when I learned this, it shifted the projection. It, they call it projection and it's yes. a defense mechanism. When I learned that and, and really looked at it in, in my relationship patterns, it was like, Oh, it's not about them. Now. Yes. They have their own learning to do, right. They have their own stuff, but what can I take from this 
response and action and and look at where what is in me that I can change. That's the self-forgiveness and self-acceptance. Yes, totally. Yes. So it really does start with us. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. I, the, the world reflects ourselves back to us all the time. It does. And when it comes to the bigger stuff too, where, you know, we look at uh, the mass shootings and we look at the things that nobody asked for, which is horrendous and tragic. And we look at the loss um, when people are experiencing the loss and learning to, to forgive. I really encourage people that at the, in the beginning, it's not the time to forgive. It's the time to mourn and grieve. And then it's the time to reflect on, because what happens with this, whenever we have the grief, it doesn't just bring up the grief of that one incident. It brings up all the grief. So a lot of times, if we're honest with ourselves, we haven't allowed ourselves to grieve. A lot of these losses, maybe they're minor, maybe they're micro losses, right? Or macro losses, but when we haven't allowed ourselves, so what can feel like it's a flooding of emotion and feeling and grief, well, we can use that as part of our healing before we learn to forgive, right? And have have this compassion seriously for ourselves on, wow, maybe I can start looking at that within myself. Where Where is the grief? What is the things that I hadn't healed yet? and be able to heal that, then I can look at forgiveness. And that can take a while. Yeah. Yeah. People, it, it's a little deceptive. A lot of people don't understand that forgiveness is the big one. Um, yeah, they don't. And and they they sort of, they toss off the word, but they don't understand the work that's behind it that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, for some people, it can be a quicker decision, right? And, and some people who are really, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I've had a couple of clients go, well, you know, I'm having trouble forgiving my parents. And yet this woman forgave, you know, this person for killing her son. She yeah. goes, what's wrong with me? You know, and it's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Please don't judge. Because yeah. some people are, we don't know their inner work. We don't know their story. We don't know where they're at. So we don't want to compare our insides with somebody else's outsides. <laughs> what a great, great way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the, the very biggest things are easier to forgive in some ways. If there's, if they're not triggering something in us. Right. They can yeah. be easier to forgive. It can be. Wow, you are just good at this. <laughs> but then you've had some real work done and oh. you really do it and for other people too. So you would yeah. you would be good at it. Yeah, and I continue every day. You know, life provides us lots of growth opportunities, I call it. And so Absolutely I right. practice this just like, you know, you've got to practice what you talk about. There's a life gives us a lot of a lot of opportunities yeah. to practice this. That's absolutely correct. Yes. Oh, I, I hate to say it, but we're coming to the end of our time. Yes. And we haven't nearly covered all that I wanted to cover with you. I think we're going to have to do a little more of this. Um, 
What what do you want people most to know about forgiveness? So to forgive, I, I would like to remind people that to forgive ourselves and others is not always easy. But when we are able to make the choice to forgive by learning ways to let go of those stories and beliefs that feed the stories, then we are free to live in the present moment instead of the past. And we're, when we are in the present moment, that's where we want to be able to live our life from, manifest, creativity, all that happens in the present moment. That's where we want to make our choices and decisions from. And the last thing I want to say is because when we learn to forgive ourselves, we then create a forgiving world. Wow. When we learn to forgive ourselves, we then create a forgiving world. Yeah. Absolutely. It does start with us. It does always start with us. Yeah. Absolutely right. Oh, my dear, please consider yourself hugged. That's oh, thank you. So, so true. <laughs> and it, it's Brenda, it's, this will be in the notes, but BrendaRiceCoaching.com is her website. Thank you so much, my dear, for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me, Roberta. I'm so grateful. Everyone, again, we have come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you could be with us today. And please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you get that, when you really get it, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Kay Allison. Kay had achieved great success as a a senior vice president at a global ad agency, but she was a problem drinker. And once she solved that problem, she says she got the time and space to start her own company and earn six times as much. I have no idea if that's true, but she says it's true. And she's now on a mission to help other high-achieving women to amp up their lives and careers by embracing an alcohol-free life. Actually, I kind of like a drink every once in a while, but I don't ever get tipsy, so I think that's probably okay. But she has a new book out called Juicy AF, AF meaning alcohol-free, and Allison tells us, Kay Allison rather, tells us that as an executive coach, clairvoyant, and entrepreneur, she's helped Fortune 500 companies envision and generate, I don't know if this is true either, it seems impossible, over $2 billion in product sales in one year. I'm not trying to sell products, but I think many of us find that impressive, and I'm anxious to hear how she did that. So please be sure to join us next week. And this week, we've been talking with Brenda Rice, whose five-step forgiveness program, now now we're talking, forgiveness to me is the big one can help you learn to do the single most important thing that each of us must learn to do in this lifetime. Remember, we're here to learn to, to, to love and forgive. And I am very impressed, I have to say, Brenda, with you. I can't get over what you've done. The point is that complete blanket forgiveness is a lot harder than it looks. And you work at it for your whole life. And we're going to have Brenda back. I'm, I'm inviting her while we're still on air to come back and talk to us more about what she does. It doesn't look easy. And in fact, it, it's almost impossible to do it well. So you might as well <laughs> come back, listen more to what Brenda teaches. And let's give, let's all of us give Brenda's ideas a try. 
And now, of course, it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Upline is your one-stop resource for all things death and the afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself what really is going on. Learn the fact that you are, in fact, a powerful, eternal being. It's impossible for you ever to die. Seekreality.com. You can begin to learn today that your reality really is eternal. And as you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. And my books are all available, as you you know, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in bookstores, and they're all available also as audiobooks. And soon there will be an audiobook of The Fun of Loving Jesus as well. If you want to talk about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrides.com. I answer all my emails, but once in a while they bounce, so please just be sure to give me your correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever you can find podcasts, and many people just listen on the Seek Reality app that you can always find for free wherever free apps are available. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in this entire universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.